Welcome to the Influencers Network. This is our podcast uh, that we do every week, a couple times a week. We just want to have conversations with you out there, uh, all you influencers out there all over the country and maybe even internationally. My name is Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers. I'm your host today, and I'm continuing a conversation that we started with uh, Rocky Fleming, our founder. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you. Glad to be here. And uh, we were talking about DNA, so this is part two of our DNA series where we're just trying to drill in what is it about this journey process that God revealed to you, Rocky, uh, 16 years ago, even probably before that, um, and, and just helping people understand what it is. Even our, even our current influencers who are going through the journey, they're still trying to figure out what is this thing and what's, what's different about it. So we hope maybe we can verbalize some things we've seen and help you guys as you process this out there. So uh, in our last podcast, we talked a little bit about uh, self-feeding on God's Word, how that's a real important component of what mm-hmm. happens in a journey process. Uh, also, uh, how journaling helps you become a self-feeder as you start finding nuggets of treasure and, and start applying it to your life, and it really, really makes God personal to you mm-hmm. and realize that He is. He's there. He has something to say to you from His Word. Uh, that, that he is an intimate God, that, that it's a really important thing that people have to understand that before they can really have an intimate relationship with him. Uh, so those are a few things that we talked about. Um, a few other things that I thought we should talk about, uh, maybe diving into a little bit about, and this some of this is kind of how guides formulate a group, but we, we train all our guides that this is a Holy Spirit-led process. Um, and you said this in one of our first podcasts, we don't think we disciple anybody. We think the Holy Spirit disciples right. a person. Right. So uh, I would say everything that we do, even in the formation of a group, uh, to conducting a meeting, to everything we do, we really trust the Holy Spirit to lead men. And, that, and that's kind of a distinctive or a DNA, I think, of, of our ministry. What would you comment on that about? Well, it is. And, uh, and if I may dr- digress a little bit and in in why the emphasis on DNA mm-hmm. Uh, because we have found that if we're not uh, very emphatic in protecting it, then this process, rather than being programmed, process uh, might turn into a program. The prospect process that God has given us might fade because there are certain things that are critically important. And we call it DNA because of that. And we have discovered after 16 years and hundreds of groups and thousands of people that have gone through the journey that we've had some success rates in seeing uh, disciples that have been produced and disciples based on how Christ would define them. And we've seen some of those groups not not really do that well. Uh, It doesn't really uh, create that much life change with them. And as we began to look at that, we inevitably find that there's a, the DNA is not there, that they left something out, they missed something big. Uh, they went through the motions, they tried to do a lot of the things that are close to it, but they didn't really do it. And I, 
and here's the thing that we have found, and that is if, if the journey is protected and as God inspired it, and we're going to say it that way, it's not what man's inspired, it's what he inspired. If it's protected, then it, really, it truly will be organic, and it will do what or, an organism will do. It will reproduce. And if it does not reproduce, that's a pretty good indication that it, it was not healthy. And so we're trying to understand that DNA, we're trying to protect that DNA, and we're trying to emphasize it as well because we feel like people, when they go into these groups, they want them to be successful. And they just want to know what makes them successful. Now, uh, beyond that, what was the other question? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just talking about uh, being Holy Spirit-led, that that's part of our DNA. Right. because. And it really speaks to everything we do in Influencers is we don't believe we're here to go use our business skills and do everything to run run, run things the way we think they need to be run. Everything's about what God wants yeah. and a real dependence on Him. And we're trying to train our guys in our journey group. There's a dependence on the Holy Spirit that's needed to go where God yeah. wants to take you. Yeah, it's a healthy, holy dependence. You know, years ago I, had, uh, I heard something say that a man can do some things for God uh, that uh, basically he can do the best that man can produce for God. Or a man can make himself available to God and let God do what God can do through that man. And we want to choose to be that latter man. We want to be uh, people who we're able to say to the, to the Father, here we are, take what you want of us. And one of the things I have found is that I don't have it in me to be able to do those supernatural, uh, mysterious things that God can, can do. And I don't know any other men and women that can. Humans just can't do what God does. Now, if we will admit this and go ahead and just say, Lord, I need your help, then, 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 then we've won a major battle with pride and with ego. And so let me tell you, uh, we are joyfully dependent on God. Uh, with this ministry and with our discipleship process. Now, the difference between a process and a program, maybe we might want to mention that. That's good. Because a program, uh, and, I, and I did many discipleship programs through the years, uh, and, and, and I would not say any of them were bad. They were not. There were some really good disciplines in it. But one of the, one of the problems I think that we have in our thinking nowadays is that we feel that spiritual growth is about academic knowledge. And academic knowledge is about increasing that knowledge by checking off one study or one program after another and to go from being a freshman to a sophomore to a junior all the way up to getting a doctoral in whatever theology we think we're pursuing. And we have, to, we have to come off of that. We have to back away from that. We have to understand that discipleship is not to be programized like that. It's not, it's not a programmable thing because we never know how the Holy Spirit is going to work in an individual's life. Um, sometimes it takes a person a week or two to get some real important things, and sometimes it takes a lifetime. Each one of us are treated differently. Uh, with me, God had to break me over a long period of time because of the nature that I had. 
But then when I was finally broken, then he was able to insert a lot of biblical truths that I had the knowledge of but did not have the true heart understanding of. Discipleship is messy, Brian. And what I mean by that, what do you think that means? Let me, let, let me interview you. <laughs> well, I think uh, you're, you're willing to get involved in, in people's lives and, and people, people are messy and their lives are messy. And, and, you're, and you're, you're, we're not just about putting out there a feel-good message and then saying, okay, God bless you, see you. Discipleship means getting in the mud with somebody, walking alongside with somebody, um, not being afraid to talk about the difficult things. Uh, being there for somebody else, you yeah. know. I think that's what Jesus did. He got in there with them yeah. and was walking out there. He wasn't sitting up on a high pedestal. He got down there with them. And I, I just and it, if you want to do that, people have a lot of issues. We all do. We're all broken people. So that's there's right. there's a lot of tough stuff you're gonna have to deal with. And 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 trials are are necessary part of discipleship. Uh, we we really can't learn a lot of things when everything is going smoothly. Hmm. Uh, it's in those trials and difficulties that we're challenged with those promises that we have been given in our journaling to trust God through this, to let him walk you through it, let him show you the way, forgive that person even though they've offended you or go to them and ask them, to forgive you because you've offended them. All of those things are challenging things for us to do. And when we have a, a husband whose marriage is about to break up, he has to take a look at himself and say, what have I done wrong here? And this is what discipleship does. It, it helps us identify the nature of the problem. You see, let me tell you something. We're, we're, we're guilty in trying to treat people symptomatically we identify their problems of such as depression or control issues or relationship issues, you name it, you name the issue. And those are symptoms, we can see them, they're visible, they're out there. But do we ever ask the question, why are they there? What creates those things? Because it's the internal thing going on in a man that works its way out in the surface of his life to become angry, to become controlling, over-controlling. Because at the deep, deepest part of his life is fear. And you know, there's a scripture that says that perfect love casts out all fear. What does that say? That tells me that the symptom is control and things that he's doing in his relationships, those are the symptoms we're seeing. We're seeing that the cause of it is fear, that's the disease in him. Now let's look at what is the medicine for it. Perfect love, which is found in his relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what discipleship does, Brian, it's messy. We enter into a person's life when they're struggling and then we start showing them God's solutions. Yeah. yeah, I've in all the groups I've led, I always tell them, you know, a nine-month uh, length of time is a long period of time, and a lot of life is going to happen, and there's going to be challenges. And and you you see, uh, it's interesting how God just starts messing with people, and, and life circumstances happen and all that. And it's always an opportunity for us to kind of point them back to God and back to Him mm -hmm. and pray for them. And, and you get to see them figure out their own truths in the middle of all that. Yeah. But that brings up a, another DNA point that I think is important 
and it, that is the vertical orientation of what we're doing yeah. versus a horizontal. A lot of a lot of men's groups, accountability groups, and other groups are based on the horizontal friendships or relationships, and we really believe ours those things happen. But ours starts with the vertical. We're we're going on a vertical ascent. Yeah. So talk about that for a second. Well, what does John fifteen say? It says, "If you abide in me, you will bear fruit." So what happens when you have a group of men that are abiding in Jesus? What's that fruit going to look like? It's going to work its way into their character, and that's going to work its way into their relationships. You see, we I've seen a lot of groups that gather, Brian, encouraging groups and you know accountability groups, and I mean all the groups you can imagine through the years. And and when we say horizontally driven, they're driven toward the building a relationship with each other as men. They're driven toward trying to create some kind of accountability um, or some kind of knowledge or some kind of something to help a man walk his life out. And most men are lonely and most men need friends and most men need relationships. Uh, But the truth is, is that the best they can achieve out of that is a friendship and maybe a good friendship, but that's about it. But what we have found with the journey is that when we have men that are going on this journey to intimacy with Christ together, helping each other get there, then there's something that's created that's not just a friendship. It creates a covenant relationship. It's creating a relationship with men who will likely carry your casket who will be there with you through thick and thin that will be there with you when a child is sick or has lost its life those relationships are going to be the strongest that that man will have because they are on this vertical uh, journey not with each other but with each other to jesus Mm. And then when they get to that place in their own walk with Jesus, then that it in turn starts bridging their relationship with each other. You know, I'm, I'm reminiscing to a, a men's retreat that we did together, Rocky, in the early years. And uh, we decided to, uh, we called it going vertical. Mm-hmm. And we had a big rope and we gave everybody a carabiner. Yeah. And we had the visual representation that everybody's clicking into the rope. So we're kind of helping each other go vertical, but it's all about getting to the summit. Yeah, it's not about just staying on on the plateau. We're going up, yeah. you know. Yeah. But we're in this together, you know. So uh, I've seen that over all these years of doing journey groups. Mm-hmm. So, and there are some really close friendships and bonds, deep bonds of brotherhood, you know, and sisterhood with women's groups that, that does happen in a journey group. So. Well, the the leadership structure of this ministry has been. All of them, <laughs> every one of them, including our staff, have been men who've come through the journey. Mm-hmm. And they it's been an incubator for raising up leaders, but it's also been a leadership development structure. You know, uh, last year I was asked to write a book on, uh, on leadership development. Because, and the reason why is because of the quality of leaders and the quantity of leaders that we see that are emerging in this ministry. Um, But I said, no, I wouldn't do that because it's answered by just this simply. If you want to develop leaders, you develop the culture that raises up those leaders. And so we have a culture that will raise up leaders, but we raise them up not, not by trying to make them leaders, 
but to try to follow the leader because that's where those spiritual gifts are triggered, enabled. That's when men get vision and passion. When you get men together <laughs> that are going on that journey together and serving together, then you've got a, you've got a team, man, spiritual team. They're disciples. And uh, that's the way Jesus wanted it. Yeah, and, and, and I, I have experience with accountability groups, and I, and I think if it's just the horizontal, it just doesn't seem to work because then it becomes, um, well, at least if I'm doing better than this guy, then I'm doing okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. we got the wrong, you know, bar. Uh-huh. The bar needs a little bit, be a little bit higher than uh-huh. that, you know, or just sin management, you know, I mean, or something like that. But, but it's not getting the best of what we can give. Plus, we don't have anything to give. If we're not abiding in Christ and going on our vertical journey, we have nothing to give those guys yeah. horizontally, you know, yeah. really. So, um, you know, another another thing that I want to bring up is this idea of grace. Because I know a lot of studies out there can be pretty rigorous, and they think that men need discipline, so we gotta we got to make it pretty tough and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And I, and I wouldn't say that, you know, you're, you're a pretty tough guy, and you came mm-hmm. out of a sports background, so, you, you know, you love that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. But... but there's something about grace, yeah. you know, helping these guys and gals understand, hey, this is for you. This isn't, you know, you're not there to please us. We're going to show them a lot of grace. We're going to have a lot of expectations and push them towards something, but we have a lot of grace for them. And, and there's a, that's an important thing. Why? Well, again, the, that's, that's what we've been given versus every other religion out there that tries to earn God's love and favor and life. I mean, think about it. Can you think of any other religion except Christianity that we are loved unconditionally before we, we ever knew that love, that love was loving us? But you see, the, the problem I had early on was that I understood that God loved me, that he loved the world, and he gave his only begotten son, and you know that one, John 3.16. I was schooling those things, but I was not schooling grace. And and, and as a result of not understanding that characteristic of God and what I have in him, then I went down this performance-driven route trying to prove myself to God. Um, but it, through the years, I, I began to understand a little bit more about grace. And one of the things is that I can not do anything more to make God love me anymore. And I can't do anything that would make him love me less. Because grace is driven by the character of God, by the gift of God. And you see, the reason this is so important for us to understand how we're loved is because it helps us to know how to relate to him. Because he's a God of grace, he invites us in. He's our biggest champion. He's, the, he's cheering us on, even though as holy God, he's going to say, look, you can't bring that in here with you. I mean, I want you to come into this relationship. You can't bring that stuff, but I'll give you 1 John 1, 9, which says if you confess your sins, I'll be faithful to forgive you your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Get that done. And come on. Come Mm. on. Mm. And this whole concept of grace is about invitation. It's not license to sin. It's the power not to sin. 
It's the motivation not to sin. It's the joy of not sinning. It's the joy of giving our life for our King. And not to live reckless, but to live with abandon to Him. Not to live outside of our relationship with Him because we've been given grace. Not to just go and do whatever we want to because we're given grace. It's to go and live for Him and serve Him and bring Him delight because He loves us and has given us grace. It becomes the greatest enablement to be the man of God that He wants to make of us, and it comes through grace. And then, and as you and I both know, there's a lot of men out there who just don't understand that. Yeah. They, they feel beat up. They feel judged. They feel worthless. Um, so, and by the way, those same men look at other people that way too. True. Yeah, we, they tend to, yeah. Because they, wounded men wound. That's right. And, and it, but when we begin to start seeing the love that, that God gives us through his grace, then it produces, it's reproduced through us. And see, that's why I keep coming back to this, is that what is lived out of our life is what's going on inside of our life. That's where it works its way out of the surface. Hmm. That's right. Um, you know, another, uh, another DNA, if, if you will, and this maybe would be an obvious, is prayer. Prayer is a big part of what the power of this ministry of a power of a journey group. Yeah. Everything from the guides who form a group are praying about who do I invite, you know, and, yeah. and they prayerfully invite people into the group to, uh, you know, prayer during the group, uh, for the group, and then even these extended times of prayer that we do. Talk a little bit about prayer in the journey. Well, Brian, don't take this wrong, but sometimes I wish we'd change it from prayer to conversation. Yeah. Because our concept of prayer oftentimes is some kind of ritualistic, uh, thing that we do to try to put ourselves in a proper state of mind or say the right words or whatever. But uh, true communion with God is more intimate than that. And it's that learning to speak and listen. It's that, it's that just dwelling in His presence and then just picking up thoughts and and then speaking back to him about, well, here's what I'm thinking about. Here, I'm thinking about this person. We oftentimes don't take time to converse with God because we think that we got to do all the talking. But prayer is also God talking to us, where we're learning to listen to him. Hmm. And so when we build these groups, we might think, well, I want to pray about Bill and Jim and Joe and Harry. That's one way. Or it might be that we say, Lord, I want to sit down here and just spend some time with you. I want you to give me some names and thoughts about people that you would want to invite to this. Both of them are good, but you can't have just one way. You need to be listening, but you also need to be going back with him in things that you feel like that he's telling you to intercede on. I, prayer is a mystery, man. I, I, I can't get into what's the best way of doing it. I'm just, just still discovering that. I just think the Lord would have me be honest with him. And most of my prayer, honestly, I, I spend my whole day just saying thank you. Hmm. 
thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for letting me be your son. Thank you for letting me be a part of reaching other men. Thank you for the way you show yourself to me. And, oh man, that's just, to me, that's just heart prayer, whisper prayer. It's a critical part of our relationship. And if we're going to mentor and guide and disciple, if we want to call that other men, if we want to help them get into that proximity with Christ, prayer is going to be an, an essential part of it. Yeah, we, uh, for those who don't know this, we, we take our men and women, couples, who, who, whatever the group is formed, we take them out for an extended time of prayer for for two or three hours of just being alone with the Father. And that, that intimidates people so much at first. Oh, yeah. Not everybody, but some. And uh, I was recently on a retreat, and uh, we have stuff that they can work through, and we have a book that we use and all that that's re- very helpful. Uh, but one of my guys uh, said he just ended up spending the whole time just enjoying enjoying the Father, just yeah. walking in the woods and exploring. And, and he said he, he made a connection that, these are things that he wished he could have done with his earthly father, but they didn't have a good relationship. Yeah. And it was the first time he really saw God as his daddy. And and it was so funny here, you know, you know, he didn't he didn't follow our everything we asked him to do and all that, but did he have a prayer time with the Father? Yeah. I would say yes. Well see, there's this is an example of grace driven now. <laughs> if this if if this uh the journey was not grace driven, we'd say you failed. Right. You, you didn't do it right because you got to do it this way, right? That's right. But it's grace, if it's grace-driven, then we're, we're going to let the Holy Spirit speak to that person. We just want to get them in proximity with him. I had, I'm speaking of Mark now, our, our, our wonderful friend who's on our national board. Mm-hmm. The first journey group that he was in, I went to his first uh, extended time of prayer, and he came in sheepishly. <laughs> Uh, confessing that I'm sorry, but I went to sleep. <laughs> and my response to him was good. He said, what do you mean? Well, you needed sleep, and I think God wanted you to have it. Mm. He loves you that much, Mark, that he'll meet you at your point of need. Well, I mean, that guy's in love with Jesus like you wouldn't believe. But, you know, it would have been so easy to take a legalistic route there, wouldn't it? Make him feel bad, shame him. But you know, I, I don't think I don't think the Lord would do that. There have been many times that I have gone to sleep praying. Have you? Yep. Just go to sleep praying. I had a guy, a preacher, one time. I was confessing it. <laughs> he said, "Rocky, that's wonderful. Last thing you were talking, last one we were talking to was Jesus when you went to sleep. That's a good thing." <laughs> so I guess I started kind of seeing it that way. Hmm. That's good. Well, I, guys, I'm going to wrap up uh, today's podcast and just say uh, we thank you for listening in, and we hope that the, these little tidbits are, you know, provoking some thoughts within you, and maybe the Holy Spirit's going to use this to to help you deepen your relationship. We really hope that that's our prayer. Um, again, this is the Influencers Network, and uh, I want to remind you that uh, if you have a question that you'd like to see us address in a future podcast, send us uh, an email at podcastquestions 
at influencers.org, podcastquestions at influencers.org, and we'll see if we can uh, maybe address your question in one of our future podcasts. But I'm Brian Craig. I'm the executive director, and I'm the host of our little podcast here, and we look forward to seeing you in in the future. God bless and have a great day.